gonna say you had your finger on that call button, man. Yeah, pretty much. I think my mouse was on it, and I was just reading random stuff on my phone. And I saw it, and I was like, boom. Clickety-clack. There you fucking go. We on it. Andrew ain't going to be here, though, I bet. <laughs> uh, I think he'll be here before four. Oh. I think he will pop. Is, is that the over-under? I think so, yeah. Next, uh, what are we at now, like three and a half minutes? Yeah. He'll be here. I feel like the over-under should be 159. Ooh. Or two, 359 in yours. Would you take the over or the under in that? Uh, I mean, I I think I'm calling the under here. Okay. I'll go over. It's when it turns to 159 is the... Uh, that's that's the mark. Okay. That's the even. If he, chops, if he jumps on as the clock changes over, then it'll be no... No dice for anyone. If we lose, are we doing double buy-in and poker on uh, Saturday? Or is this just a fun bet? <laughs> Dude, I'm always down to double buy-in. <laughs> I, I've set it at five because I feel bad enough. Like I feel like people spending five bucks a week on this, it, it's that's it's, it's pricey a little bit. I mean, like fantasy football, you, you pay five bucks once for the entire season. Yeah, you know? but we're all like working adults now, though. Well, if that was true, then fantasy football should be like... You know, twenty twenty thirty dollar buy in. I'm fucking game. All right, some people probably won't be. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. But fuck, fair. kick them out of the league. <laughs> That's what I say. One fifty eight. Oh boy, in there. Starting to Less sweat. Less than sixty seconds. We are gonna see. Andrew, if you fuck me two podcasts in a row, I swear to God, <laughs> I will end you. And you wait, wait, wait. Is it he is recording or is it he is just in the call? Just in the call. Okay. If his if his icon pops in, oh. that is the that is the mark. We're getting down. We are getting down to the nitty gritty, folks. Here at Google Hangouts Stadium, Andrew Clark has less than thirty seconds, I imagine, to pop into the call. Oh wait, I have time.gov up. I can actually see he has less than thirteen seconds to pop into the call. If he does not. Then it looks like Ryan will be the winner, taking the over at 159. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh. There it is, folks. Ryan is officially the winner. He has taken the over successfully and will walk away victorious on this lovely Thursday afternoon. You know what? Honestly, I'm just happy to have uh, competed. You know, it's still quarantine, still don't have sports. This is as close as we can get. There you go. Mm. It's like marble marble racing, but with random things that happen in your life. Do you guys do this? Have I ever talked about that? How sometimes like if a decision is like not meaningless, but like I'm actually like 100% 50-50 yeah. on it, that I just leave it up to something completely random exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, if this thing happens, then I'll do it this way. Otherwise, I don't. And then, like, it either, one, identifies that you do actually prefer an option because you were kind of hoping for one way or the other. Right. Or just decides for you because you were actually completely split and didn't really, you know, know which way to go with it. I, I've done I, that. I do that all the time. Yeah. And it's so great. I've it d- has taken such a load off my psyche. I've literally coin flipped when I'm, like, totally indifferent between two options for dinner or something. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, some for some reason, coin flipping seems less like leaving it up to the university. Oh, okay. I, I like that's a perfect example, honestly, of like if this thing happens by this time, 
then I'll do it this way. And like you, you literally leave it up and it feels very like, you know, universe telling you which way to go sort okay. of thing. That's fair. Whereas I, I guess a coin flip is technically doing the same thing, but it feels like you're forcing the universe's hand a little bit more versus like finding two random natural things or that you're can decide. You're involved in the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you were watching a guy flip a coin and you said, if it's heads, I'm going to do this, then sure. But something about you doing it maybe feels like you're you're removing the uh, the purity of the experiment. I understand. Andrew, Plus, you you don't understand, but you were uh, you were the subject of great discussion before you got on. Oh, really? Yep. So the minute that How Lucas so? the minute that Lucas sent the uh, message that I'm ready when you are, I hit the call button because my like mouse was hovering over the call button and I was just reading my phone, so it worked perfectly. And then we we took a bet and we set the over under at uh, three fifty nine, uh, which when you would join the call, and I took the over and I I got it. Well, I I'm glad I could help. <laughs> yep. It was. Uh, I mean, you did do you a made it. you did do a great job of helping us fill time, actually. Yeah, I I shoutcasted it. It was very uh, esports. I shall be on time more often. You, I mean, I think you were on time. Yeah. It was exactly uh, four o'clock. Yeah, no, when you it was. In. It was just. I mean, I I remember uh, I was getting everything ready because I was just on a video call uh, at work. And you called at 3.56, I believe. Yep. And then, like, I basically told them, like, hey, guys, I got to jump off. And so I, you know, turned everything off, opened up my computer, plugged in my mic, opened up Audacity, uh, opened up Google Hangouts, and then it was 3.59. And I'm like, oh, I'm three minutes later than them. If anyone gives me shit, like, I want to join at, I want to say I joined at exactly 4 o'clock. Oh. (laughs) So... I waited did you, five seconds and then. Did you join based on time.govs? Like the minute no. it struck four? No, I was looking at my computer. Mm. Uh, I think you were a little clock. late. Oh, was it the computer clock though? The minute it turned over to four, you joined? Yes. Ah, well then there you go. But as we all know, computer time, not super accurate in comparison to time.gov. <laughs> internet time! <laughs> yep, our sponsor for this episode is internet time. Which of Do course. Do you want to be part of the new world order? Jesus. Then come join internet time. The only time where we base everything off of what is probably still just Eastern Central time. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, internet time is the sponsor of episode 47 of the Quarantine Cast, brought to you by Voluntary Viewing, recorded on May 21st, 2020, I don't know what that actually comes to when converted to internet time beats, but it's probably a bigger number. It's like 3.14 a.m. of like June 7th, 2021. I don't know. I think it's uh, 14.06 Harambe is the the proper measurement. (laughs) No, that's meme time. Very similar to internet (laughs) time, but with subtle differences. Got it. It's like Bitcoin versus, uh, I don't know, like online banking through Venmo. The f- Facebook, what, what were they called? What was Facebook's weird little uh, cryptocurrency? Was it? Oh, they had a cryptocurrency? Yeah, and they, like they're giving, or I don't know if they started yet, but when they announced it, they said soon Facebook employees will have the option to be paid exclusively. Uh, yeah. I remember talking about Facebook it on the coins. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. It was weird, man. 
Here, I'll request money from you, and then we'll see. <laughs> Facebook Pay. No, no, not 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 Facebook Pay. Facebook oh, Pay is thing. just you know, it's like Venmo. Facebook, yeah. yeah, Facebook was developing their own cryptocurrency. Got it. Not F coin. <laughs> fucking probably. No. It, fuck coin. Fuck fuck coin. Well, not fuck coin. It's like you pronounce the F, but you don't really have any vowels or letters after, so it's just fuck coin. That's bad. It kind of sounds like fuck coin. Yeah. It's it's F apostrophe coin. <laughs> fuck coin. I'm a fan. I will convert all my life savings into for coin. <laughs> it's just slightly valued less than the U.S. dollar. Yeah, it's, it's like, like ninety-nine and a half cents. cents. Yeah, yeah, it just fucks you up in the long term, but you kind of don't notice it. It's insidious. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, I just lost like twenty dollars when I converted my life savings. Where did that go? It's it's like as Mark office just space. like sucks. Sucks your net worth out of a straw. And they're like each transaction that like point zero zero three cents, yeah, like disappears, but it actually just goes to Facebook. I think it goes straight into Mark Zuckerberg's eager mouth. He's just laying on like a, a chaise couch with like a giant <laughs> tube above his face, yep. pouring in the extra cents. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of Facebook. I saw online today that they announced like they were going to be expanding their work from home policies permanently. permanently. Right. Yeah. yeah. So basically giving Facebook employees the option to live wherever the fuck they want. Uh, however, oh, so they, what? You, I mean, I said so much money. Can you imagine getting paid Facebook salary where, you know, you're probably living in Silicon Valley and shit, but like paying rent in some, but I, mean, I that's, if that that's other the shoe thing. Drop. No, like, hold on, I gotta get through this. Okay. And they also said, alongside of that, they will be scaling pay based on cost of living of where you live, and, and what? exclusively <laughs> or like or explicitly that if you are a Bay Area employee and you move somewhere where the cost of living is less, you will get a pay cut. Yeah. Why would you ever not live in a really expensive place? Yeah, then? exactly. <laughs> it's like, if it, if it doesn't matter, and, and maybe it's not as much of a pay cut. You know, maybe you're living somewhere where the cost of living is 50% less and your pay cut is 30%. I don't know. Like, I, I literally have... That would have, be worth it to me. The, the main bar of, like, not living in a place that's really expensive is, is that it's nicer. That's really expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably really nice, and that's why it's so expensive, because everyone wants to live there. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. If you're if you're gonna get paid maximum amount to live in the place that's the best, why would you not take that option? I also, isn't I, it? You know, it was it was when I read it, it was fucking ridiculous. Isn't I? Well, I I mean I know the value of work is supposed to be is in fact totally subjective, but. I, you're not doing worse or less work living in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, why? Uh, well, if it's Bay Area specific, I could see how they could say, like, well, remote employees who have no ability to commute into work when they absolutely have to take take a you know mild pay cut. I could see that. Like, anyone not in the Bay Area makes 20% less even if they're in like Los Angeles or DC or Honolulu, like somewhere that is still expensive, but it's more just the fact that if we absolutely need you to tell it or to commute in, 
you can't. So we'll we'll dock your pay a little bit. I could see that policy. Yeah, but sure. But scaling doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. Scaling because... it it because it yeah like Lucas said it has nothing to do with your quality of work where you're living, unless once again they're talking about that one specific instance where we can rely on our Bay Area employees a little bit more because worst there, case scenario yeah. all hell breaks loose they could come in. I. Really, this is pointing out the bigger flaw of in like just work culture in the U.S. and a lot of the world. Your income, how much you are making from a company, directly correlates to how valued you are at the company, and that's this is pointing to the underlying Mm. flaws in that system. But also, I don't have a better solution in mind. So I. Yeah, I have a very different interpretation of how people get paid at companies. Lucas. <laughs> I, I think that they like you to think that how much you're paid is directly proportional to how valuable you are to the company. Yep. But I would go ahead and say it's much more about supply and demand, right? <laughs> like, is your position easily replaceable? Are there hundreds of people clamoring to get your position? Like, I think that plays a much bigger role than like... You, you know, cause how much you, work you actually do. You could be the, the backbone the of the company and make yeah. a relatively small salary. Or you could be doing something that is, you know, relatively not I wouldn't say unimportant, but you know, maybe not as important to generating revenue or, you know, keeping supply chains going, whatever. But you could be making a lot of fucking money if there's only a hundred people like you in the area that can do the job. Yeah. I I I mean, I once again going to be skewed by my previous experience, which is focused entirely on a very weird industry right. like entertainment. But yeah, it's a hundred percent like the the market to become um, a content assistant, someone who works for the current department or the development department or something that you know they give notes and stuff like that. They're kind of creative. That market is literally ten to twenty times harder to get your foot in the door than just like scheduling or uh finance or ba or something like that where it's just kind of that's a normal career normal ish Mm -hmm. you know like you're working with numbers you're you're deciding factors based on data and stuff like that so that's not as sexy like you could do that at any place whereas you can only give creative notes on a script in this one like specific department therefore you know those people are easily replaceable and they'll do a bunch of weird crazy shit in order to get that job and everything like that so i don't know ma'am i think it's uh it might be a little bit more dystopian and they definitely want you to think that it's a meritocracy type thing it's so but not. here's here's yeah here's the hint nothing is ever a meritocracy nope. <laughs> ever <laughs> everyone likes to pretend that they're a meritocracy but there has never been a legitimate meritocracy ever in anything ever like it, it is impossible to have a true meritocracy as as a human race as we currently stand. <laughs> we will never ever be able to create a functioning meritocracy. I, the first rich guy to have a kid that they had any kind of fondness for that was an idiot. That's when meritocracy ended right there. I mean, not even second. an idiot. Their kid could be the second smartest person of all time. Mm-hmm. But if there's someone smarter than them, they deserve that job and not their kid. Yeah. Like, that's I mean that's where the meritocracy breaks down. Like you could have a really really bright person who also has some connections, but is actually like one percent less effective at this job than this other kid with zero connections. 
But right. that, that the kid who, who's really good might still get the gig because guess what? They got the connections, and that's just. And I'm not saying might will absolutely get the gig right. yeah. because they have the connections. And even if they do really good at it, it wasn't a proper meritocracy, mm-hmm. right? Like, and nepotism doesn't guarantee that you have uh, an organization filled with fucking morons just because yeah. they got the job because of their connections. Like, and a lot of the times it actually isn't. Like, right, especially like, as you learn in Hollywood, and it's yeah, not even nepotism, just like general like you know marketing yourself sometimes is more important to get a job than actual ability to do the job yeah so like yeah that uh that in and of itself automatically eliminates meritocracy even if you're really good at the job as well as good at marketing yourself if you're slightly worse than someone who has no ability whatsoever at marketing themselves but would be slightly better at you better than you at the job then bam no meritocracy at all I love that most organizations nowadays have pivoted to just not even pretending that there is a meritocracy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all heard it, you know, from the time we were in high school t- through college and, you know, even now, you know, the, the cliche of it's not what you know, it's who you know. But, like, the, everyone at fucking work, everywhere that I've ever worked, has also said that. Like, the CEO is just like, remember, guys, make connections because it doesn't matter how fucking good you are. If you <laughs> if you know someone, they can get you a job. Uh, they like, can get you a job, but I think the, the, the part that people leave out is they will not to, be able you, to keep you the job. Right, right. You're going to have to keep yourself the job, which is admittedly much easier than, than actually getting, getting it. Right. It's like uh, how a lot of Harvard students say the hardest part about Harvard is getting in. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you're in... They're kind of notorious for pumping grades and <laughs> actually, like, you know, keeping you in the school and graduating and everything. Right. But, you know, I mean, it's still a thing. So. And and they like to, you know, say uh, social Darwinism. That was all based on how America's a meritocracy. And it's just like, it's not. It really yeah, isn't. No. Like it, and and not, not even intentionally. Like, if people intentionally tried to create a meritocracy, it just wouldn't be possible. Like, we would... And even at a certain point, if we, like, get to where we can, like, scientifically analyze through data, like, how effective people are and how, like, well cut out they are for any given position, we would still then have to believe that that algorithm that we had created, which was man-made, is, like, the perfect system for developing that sort of thing. Uh, It very well might not be. I don't know if it's even necessarily true to say that, like, the hardest working and smartest person equals they're the best for a given job because there are a lot I mean, of exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying it, like if if we developed an algorithm that actually like didn't even like use intelligence and hardworkingness and all that shit it actually like evaluated all the traits that were considered making you successful at the job there's still no guarantee that that is the proper way to do it and now let's go layer deeper. Like, who made that algorithm? Mm-hmm. Were they the absolute best algorithm maker of all time? <laughs> like, what, how do we get the algorithm to make that? Like, it's it's kind of functionally impossible to make a true meritocracy, and that's uh, that's that's the problem when people assume that you know the, the the chaff is separated from the wheat properly, and it's it's not always. It's it's a messy business. So, so what I'm hearing from what this, were we talking about oh Facebook. <laughs> what I'm hearing from this podcast is that the three of us are prepared to come to blows with every libertarian on the planet. I mean that's just a given. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's definitely weird. But like, so Facebook could save a ton of money from uh, oh not my god investing in corporate real estate. Like, well, that's, 
well, the thing that I think every company's looking at right now. Yeah. Like, how many millions of dollars could we save annually? Dude, by office just spaces having no are office space? so expensive. It's so yeah, ridiculous. but they won't be soon, man. Well, well no, going to be a run you, on corporate real yeah, estate. You are correct. Um, but then also, if if Facebook and then by extension all the other tech industry and then by extension every other industry because they all follow what the fucking tech industry does, mm-hmm. um, start saying, hey, anyone in a position where you can work from home, do so. Uh, we're also going to scale your pay based on cost of living where you live. It's They're not going to be paying more to any employee. They're going to just be paying less to a lot of their employees. They're going to make a, or they're going to save a lot of money that way as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, they'll double save. Yeah. They'll double dip for sure. But that's how you, that's how you do it. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's, that's literally every company right now might institute a similar policy. Now they'll fall in line, but and then, I mean, but then that means that nothing changes except for you get a lot more freedom working from home if you want to. Like, if you're a Facebook employee who doesn't want to leave the Bay Area, all this means is like, hey, now you can work from home if you want to. Like, right. You get paid the exact same. You don't have to move. You still have your job. Like, And in theory, if you then, you know, move somewhere more rural or a, a city with a lower cost of living and your, you know, pay is scaled appropriately. And again, you know, that's we're hedging on it being scaled appropriately. You know, technically, your take-home pay may not be any different. You you may yeah. still have the same amount of money. And, and I don't so think it's nothing... going to be hundred percent either. By well, the way, I I, right. I highly doubt that Facebook is actually going to like take cost of living in Bay Area divided by cost of living in uh, fucking correct Dover, Michigan, mm-hmm. and <laughs> like just give you that exact amount. I imagine no. yeah, it would be like. 20% pay cut for people living in rural areas or something. Or just right. not the five most expensive cities in the country where they have headquarters. Yeah. Right. The, the yeah. only difference in the situation is that the corporation is then making hand over fist more profits than they would have otherwise. And then they're yeah. going to do the responsible thing and put that in some kind of savings account in case there's another global <laughs> pandemic, right? Yeah. They're not going to just pay no, out Lucas, higher bonuses. No, Lucas, I think that they're going to... I think they're going to take the the difference and put it in a like a pension plan for their employees. I think I think Jeff for when ba- they retire. I Some think kind of social uh, Jeff security Bezos is net? going okay, to Okay, that could work yeah. too. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is going to pay some of his employees less. They're going to rent out less office space and they're going to take that money and they're going to use it to, you know, give employees better health plans. And by better health plans, I mean Jeff Bezos will become a trillionaire finally. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to give employees better health plans. And by better health plans, I mean worse health plans. And by worse health plans, I mean cheaper health plans. And by then they'll be triple dipping. They'll be, they won't have to pay for office space. They'll cut employee pay and they will have to pay less for employee health care. So I, I think that Jeff Bezos is going to do the right thing and he will take health care into his own hands. And by that, I mean, once he is finally the, the Morton ruler of the world, he will stand <laughs> atop his mountain and then... Press the water fountains that allow his employees <laughs> to finally get some drinking water before ceremoniously turning them off. <laughs> yep. And I, I also mean by triple dipping, I mean then, of course, when he when that uh, what that fourth comma is added to his net worth, he he, <laughs> as we all know, uh, sends into godlike form, uh, smashes through the roof of Amazon HQ. Um, becomes larger than a uh, satellite in the sky and um, uh, creates a nuclear missile-proof 
force field around himself and begins uh, slaughtering cities by the dozens. <laughs> I assume of course, that that's what just, I mean. I assume that he'll just, you know, move to Mars and turn himself blue and then <laughs> leave the rest of us to our own devices. I imagine I, I, if he goes crazy and like <laughs> thinks that that's a thing that he can do and just become like a li- god with amount of yeah, money he dyes his skin blue and starts like acting like uh fucking dr manhattan like just <laughs> your trifles are meaningless to me and everyone's just like jeff we know you're there dude like, you're like put on some fucking pants dog <laughs> <laughs> like you let our scientists like analyze you we all know your brain is normal like, <laughs> we know you're in there we can hear your thoughts like you have a lot of money uh, dedicated to these scientists, we can hear you thinking like, oh shit, I hope they don't find out. Like, I hope they don't realize <laughs> that I'm totally still just a normal dude. <laughs> no, he... Uh, you don't understand. I'm in four places at once. Yeah. <laughs> batteries. <laughs> batteries. <laughs> um, cancer with batteries. They're like, no, Jeff, that's just the cancer ray that you invested in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I think that Jeff Bezos does think that, you know, he can eventually buy himself into being a god and that's why he doesn't solve world hunger. And they're like, Jeff, why don't you just fix everything with the amount of money you have? He's like, no, I'm saving up. I need like $1.7 trillion <laughs> and then I'll become a god. Then I can help everyone because yeah. I shall be a benevolent god. Then I will snap my fingers and half the population will disappear. <laughs> and resources shall be a plenty. <laughs> yes. And we'll have the same amount of people to harvest those re- Oh, wait. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> we'll still have shortages? Oh. The rate of production wait, is the same, Supply chains? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what are you talking about? It disproportionately affected the truck drivers? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. We have no way to supply resources to rural areas? Ooh. Well, this was miscalculated. Yeah. <laughs> and according to my calculations, it's time for a class, Hank. Lucas. Yes. Ryan and I, along with Ian and Jesus last night, uh, solved a, a mystery. We went on a treasure hunt. We did. Like the Goonies. Ooh. We invited. I, I was actually, this was going to be my post roll topic, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a like, nervous when you said, so Lucas. I was like, no, I had a good one. You're like, I want to talk about the blueprint. <laughs> well, no, I just didn't know what you were going to say. I yeah. I to say something yeah. unrelated. And I was me, like, no, wait, I had a good topic. You got to walk me through this Call of Duty Warzone lore. Um, so recently, as you might have seen, a lot of the bunkers were opened up and they just had a lot of chests and everything like that. Yeah. But then people discovered that there was a lot of phones ringing around the map and they didn't know what that meant until they did and they solved the riddle. And then I watched a YouTube video <laughs> that showed you how to solve the riddle too. And we launched into Plunder and basically you just had to find a phone that would give you Russian numbers. So Ryan, remember the three Ryan had to learn numbers. Russian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned all the Russian numbers. Um, and then had to f- go to those phones in order that were marked by numbers and, um, you know, answer the phone and everything like that in, in order, everything like that, all good. 
And then you had to go to the mysterious Vault 11, which was the only one that you couldn't get into with the key card. Okay. And it would slowly open up, and you could go in there and get a brand new SMG blueprint called the Mud Dropper. And, uh, yeah, sweet. it had a cool camo and shit. It was more the chase than the actual reward, but... So, basically, the first match we did it, everyone was clearly hunting for the gun, because you have to do it in plunder. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no, there's no, uh, It, it takes circle. a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it takes basically the whole match, everything like that. It would, it would fuck you up to try to do it in the normal game. Um... So everyone was clearly doing it. We kept trying to get in helicopters, kept getting shot down. <laughs> Eventually, we did complete the first step, but that's about as far as we got before the match ended. And then we just frantically flew to Vault 11, hoping that someone else had opened it up and everything. Uh, and they had not. Oh. They had not completed it at all. So in the second match, we all split up, and we went crazy. Like We all went to different locations to find the... Find the phone and everything like that. That would give us the Russian numbers. Andrew was the one to find it. Yeah. So we all joined around Andrew and uh, we. I, I played it like seven times yep. to make sure that make we sure were hearing to get the it right. right numbers. We got it right, and then we all split up and went to the various um, phone locations. I went to the first one, which was in this giant national bank. Um, searched for a while. Eventually found it after killing a woman who screamed, I'm not even playing the game. He was clearly also <laughs> looking for the phone that I was looking for. And I felt a little bad about it, but I felt like she might kill me if I didn't kill her, so I just had to. Right. And I answer, answer the phone properly. Then Andrew and Ian's turn, because they went all the way yeah. up to the dam, which Ian, was the hardest one. Ian and I and, uh, drove all the way up to the dam. It took us a long time to find the phone because it was in a bunker. Um, yeah. And it was like a speaker phone. It wasn't an actual phone, so it took a while to find. But yep. So we found that, and then... Jesus was Jesus was the last one and at this point because it took Andrew and Ian so long I had already made it to vault 11 and was just sitting on the outside of it like waiting yeah and there was four teams all around me like shooting RPGs at each other clearly fighting over like people you know trying to get into the vault so I just literally sat in the little tiny opening to the bunker <laughs> just like screaming like jesus do it do it and Answer he, the phone. And he was getting in. attacked so he was trying to I find was the getting phone shot and everything it was yeah. it was a ticking clock i was like no please 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 and jesus finally was like i think he's on the second floor like ran up there grabbed it and with like no time to spare i clicked it and it takes like 10 seconds to open <laughs> and i was watching a team like slowly creep up on me like a full team of four people so i just sprinted in there the minute it opened up Never stopped sprinting, got all the way to the gun, grabbed it. I didn't know that when I grabbed it, it would, like, unlock the gun for everyone oh, in the party. I thought that they would all have to grab it. It was overtime, so, so there was, like, two minutes left. It was, it was risky, for sure. And, like, I also knew that that team that was approaching me was going to come in the open vault. Like, they also wanted the gun and everything like that. Right. But the minute I grabbed it, fortunately, it unlocked for everyone, which was like, yay, we did it. And then, and then literally, like, five seconds later, a team killed me because <laughs> they were coming in to grab it as well. So then I think Andrew and Ian, you guys showed up, and we all started fighting that team, checked out the bunker, and then the match ended, and we all got our treasure. Yeah, it was cool as shit. And then we said, maybe the real treasure was the friends. <laughs> yep, we, we did say it. Now uh, By law, we had yep, to say it. Required. Now, once you equip those guns, you were able to watch the new trailer for the Tenet movie, right? Yeah. Right? Just like Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Fortnite. I guess. It, it is cool. I mean, there's a nuke in there. We didn't get to see it. I've Ow. seen the video of it, though, so I guess I've already yeah, me experienced too. it for the most part. But, yeah, there's there's some shit going down. Good for you for guys. Sure. Good, good for you playing mysteries. on, like, the next level of that game. 
Yeah, that was the second the second most difficult multiplayer Easter egg I've ever had to do. The first one was the one in Battlefield with the promoted yeah. uh, from Battlefield Friends that me and Ian did instead of studying for finals. <laughs> <laughs> we, we literally just had to learn Morse code. <laughs> like, Ian was the one that got was an expert at like decrypting the dots and dashes, and I was the one that had to like figure out where the dots and dashes formed letters. It's fucking hard, man. That one was ridiculous. <laughs> Even though we paid for a private server it was like a dollar or something for a week of a private service oh, that's that we nothing. could just do it on our own yeah um and i don't think he never played that game ever again after we unlocked oh it. my god you ruined it for him <laughs> well but it was a fun yeah it's it's the, the reward isn't what does it it's, the, it's right. the chase so yeah that was a lot of fun it was it was it was pretty fucking tense i will say while i was sitting in that entrance waiting for jesus to answer the last phone i thought for sure i was gonna die and then the other team would just be waiting there. We'd never get to open it. So, yeah. Hmm. Good for y'all. Good if, I, if I ever find or buy a new PlayStation 4 controller, I'll give that a shot. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely do it solo. It made it a lot faster, the fact that we could all split up and do it. But I'm imagining once the mania dies down and people are not, like, all trying to get that gun, it'll be a little easier to do. People won't be shooting down every single helicopter that they see. Because we had to, we had to do it in cars in order to avoid the fact that literally everyone was shooting down helicopters. So, yeah, it was a good time. And this episode of the Quarantine Cast was a good time. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in. What is that Thursday? Tomorrow for another episode. Thank you. <laughs>